You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that The plan for today is going to be to continue what we did yesterday, talk about a little bit of news and notes, and uh, I don't know, see where that leaves us, I guess. For the, those that have not heard what yesterday was about, probably should just go listen to it, but I'll go ahead and give you a hint anyways. I was looking at the 53-man roster that was uh, done in 2018, kind of just looking at it numerically. We had three quarterbacks, we had four running backs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If we stick to that same formula, and I'm not saying we will, it's just something to get the gears turning, what would that translate to this year? In other words, who stays and who goes? Uh, Yesterday I did the offense because that's all I really had time for. Today we're going to do the defense, which isn't going to take up the entire time, but, you know, we'll talk about other stuff. But before we get into all that gooey goodness, make sure that you are not left behind when it comes to the draft NFL season-long tournament. Because I'm just convinced at this point that somebody that's listening is going to win a bunch of money. And I don't want you two weeks into the season to be like, man, I should have done it. Because the season is creeping up pretty quick. And they're giving out $3.5 million, so maybe you should check it out. I don't know. I'm just saying. For those that don't know, this is a best ball tournament, meaning they will play your best players for that week. You simply jump in a snake draft, which are happening every couple minutes, by the way. You pick the players you like. After that, there is zero management. Simply have to sit back and wait. If you'd like to jump in and see how your team did, that's fine. But there's no management. No trades, no waiver wires, nothing. You draft, you wait 16 weeks, and then you call them up and say, I want my money. Give me my money. You should probably only do that if you win, but you could try it the other way, whatever whatever you want to do. For a limited time only, you can get a free entry into the Best Ball Championship when you make your first deposit, but you got to use promo code PACKERNET. That's right, a free shot at a million dollars just by using my promo code PACKERNET when you make your first deposit on draft. So search draft in the App Store or go to draft.com and come play free with promo code PACKERNET. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So for some reason, and probably uh, is a pretty good indication that this is going to be the next Florio talking point, Aaron Rodgers has said, in a word, 
not a big fan of the preseason. Now, I, I'm loath to go check, but I'd be a little shocked if Florio hasn't already capitalized on this moment. Maybe what he's doing, you know, <laughs> perhaps the play here is to wait and see and hope and pray that Aaron Rodgers plays in the third preseason game because then we've got another example of them hating each other. Because Aaron Rodgers said, quote, the practices are so much more important than the preseason. The best reps I'm going to see all summer are at practice. If Matt wants us to play, we'll go out and compete. If not, we feel pretty good about where we're at. In other words, preseason's dumb. It doesn't matter. I don't learn anything. I hate it. I just like training camp. And if he has to play, even a drive, boy, oh boy, you just sit back and wait. Oh, here we go again. Now, on that point, I, I would say, and it's, you know, it's never really safe territory to argue with the quarterback that obviously knows a lot more than you do about what's going on with the team. However, I, I think maybe that's a little bit too much of a broad brush. I think teams use the preseason for a reason. Just like why Matt LaFleur wanted the Texans to come in, there is some benefit to it. And to just put it very simply, and this is to varying degrees, I, I, I would say as far as Aaron Rodgers specifically, I'm okay with the notion that he doesn't really need the preseason. That's fine. Do I agree with it 100%? No, I don't. But just look at the number of missed tackles, and then what Pedden had to say coming out afterwards, saying essentially there's only so much we can do. We can, we can drill tackling, but you got to draw a line somewhere between live tackling and player safety. But that was, that was really, for a lot of these guys, and especially some of the younger guys, they, they absolutely need this. And it's, it's, it's a game. It's game speed. You know, Aaron Rodgers is talking about walkthroughs, where everything is like half speed, three-quarter speed. That's great, and especially for Aaron Rodgers, who probably can get up to speed with game speed pretty quickly. But you, you even hear what people say about year after year, how you got to get into football shape, which is to say you took the, the you know, the off-season off, and you've been training and you've been doing whatever it is you need to do, but you have to recondition your body to getting just pummeled, and that takes time. It's why a lot of coaches and things don't really like the CBA rules and all this nonsense about how you just you can't practice and there's no live this and no that. And, and I think the NFL is trending that way anyways because they're tired of losing their own guys. But still, that is a consequence of not getting hit. And you, you've even heard Aaron Rodgers say... Um, you know, after he takes his first hit in preseason, he'll say that it's good to get that one out of the way, right? Because he, you're not used to it yet. There's kind of like the, the nerves and the butterflies. And I don't want to get hit. And then that first person hits you and it's like, all right, let's go, right? I'm, I'm, I'm ready now. And again, game speed is, is incredibly important. I think that's, that is something in and of itself that needs to be practiced, whether you're tackling people, covering people, you know, trying to time your wide receivers, all, all this different stuff. Game speed matters. And if you're, you're practicing and all you've done for months, even if you're Aaron Rodgers, you've been doing this for years, you know, you, you kind of, I don't want to say forget, but in a, in a sense, you kind of forget. Just like getting hit. It might, you might get, you know, back in the zone quickly, but what, what are we going to do? Wait until halftime of week one? Do we have to wait until week two? When does it really get dialed into like, oh man, I forgot how fast these linebackers are. Now, to be fair, um, he did say the practices are much more important than the preseason. He never said the preseason has zero importance. And again, I'm not going to argue with him on that. I, I, I tend to think, especially with the new system and all that stuff, if that's what he says and he sees, that's fine. But uh, the regular season or the, the preseason is obviously important, especially for the younger guys. They got to do it. But again, with, with, with all that said, 
if they decide not to play Rodgers, I think the more important thing, first of all, there is no scandal. And second of all, for all of us, I think it's fair to say that although he's going to be better prepared if he does play some preseason action, and I, I hope, I, I, I actually, I do want him to. Even if it's just a series, forget a quarter, just have him go out for a series unless it's a three and out, then give him a second one. I would like him to at least get his feet wet a little bit, but if he doesn't, all, I guess I guess what I'm saying, as much as it sounds like I'm arguing with Aaron Rodgers, is that if he doesn't end up playing any preseason reps, we don't necessarily need to, to panic, especially because he's Aaron Rodgers. If it's somebody else, you know, if Darnell Savage hadn't played, he's probably not going to play week one. right? If he hadn't played any preseason action or, or done very much, then it's like, you know, it, he might not be out there. Now, he has, so he will, but, I, you know, I'm just comparing and contrasting. It's very important for the younger guys to understand what, what game speed is like what NFL game speed is like. Something else that we need to to keep in mind is that if we're saying that he shouldn't play this week, please understand that what we're saying is Aaron Rodgers should never play in the in the preseason. Right? As much as I can understand somebody saying, "You know what? He probably doesn't need to play. It's fine." Just just be to be very clear what you're saying is that he should never play a preseason. I just I don't agree with that. I understand how devastating it is to to lose a player. But the second he steps on the field for week one, we, we run the risk of, of him being out for the season. And if he's out for the season, we lose the season. At some point, you kind of just got to man up and, and say, you know, we've we got to take risks, right? You're not going to win a Super Bowl if we're not taking any risk. If, if, if our strategy to win a Super Bowl is to be risk-averse, it just it doesn't make any sense. We've got 31 other teams to beat. It, it's, it's such a long shot to win the Super Bowl for any team because we don't want him to play one series because we think that might be the one series, especially when he's being overly cautious and our play calling for him is going to be overly cautious and, and everything is going to be super overly cautious. I, I just think you, you got to understand that, that injuries are, are a part of the game and um, they're an unfortunate part and you, you're not going to, you know, I, again, I'm not saying play him all through the preseason. We got to take uh, precautions. But to be so risk-averse that he will never take another preseason snap as long as he's in the NFL, I just I just don't think that makes any sense. I mean, we're talking about one series out of four preseason games is too too risky. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not furious if that's the stance. I just I just think that's a weird thing to do, especially this year. And I know he kind of played off the whole you know, the scheme not being that big of a thing and practices where he's learning everything. I don't know, man. I, I just I just want him to, to get a glance of what, what regular game speed is like. Even if we call a play where there's basically zero chance that he's going to get hit, right? Uh, Equinemia or, you know, Marquez is just going to run straight down the field as fast as he can. You're going to take a seven-step drop and just launch it. I don't care if he's open, double cover, triple cover, just throw it. I just want you to see, like, how quickly guys are getting at you and how fast the corners are and know how fast everything I just I just need you to see it again it's just like everything else you, you kind of forget in the off season, and it's good to kind of just get out there see the speed and the violence and everything else and just kind of be like all right yeah this is this is it this is I kind of forgot about this but we're I get it now and again as far as this being a scandal it's 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 of course it's ridiculous Aaron Rodgers is simply giving his opinion on things that is not a scandal Especially when, just like in every other quote that is, you know, supposedly confrontational, he says, I understand what Matt LaFleur is doing. He says it's entirely up to Matt LaFleur. And even Matt and everybody else has come out and said, if he doesn't play, we're not worried about it. 
So essentially they're in agreement. It's just this tiny little tip of the spear where maybe Rodgers would have gone one way if he was in charge and LaFleur went the other way because he's in charge. But but for 99% of it, they're in total and complete agreement. So, you know, I, I, I want him to play for two reasons. One, I want to just, well, three reasons. One, I'd like to see him, but that really is irrelevant. My desires as a fan can be, you know, I, I can wait. Number two, again, I just want him to get a taste. And number three, I want Florio to make an idiot of himself again. And everybody else, and all the Bears fans, and all the other people who just, you know, and again, a lot of people who don't, you know, they, they see Florio say something and they see Packer fans react. Of, of course they're going to think, well, Packer fans are just being bitter, whatever. This is obviously real. But if they would just not be lazy and just go look at the, the source material, go listen to what he said, read this article I'm staring at right now. Read it in its context and tell me Aaron Rodgers is flipping out. And again, the, the, the further context is he's being asked a question. right? You have to, first of all, take this thing out of context. And secondly, you have to remove the additional context that he's not going to the podium and saying, listen, I got a statement to make. I just want you to know that I don't need to be playing in this dumb preseason game. I don't want to play in this preseason game. There's no reason to. I get everything that I need from practice. All right, that's where we learn stuff. That's where we're actually running the right scheme and the right plays and all this stuff, and we're we're doing the walkthroughs and we're making sure everything's on. the the regular the the preseason games are just useless, and I just wanted everyone to know that. And if I play, then this is this is dumb, and our coach is making a mistake. That's the way people are going to see this. That's not what happened. He was asked a question because it because it's a question. Are you going to play? Do you think you should play? It's, it's an interesting perspective, and getting Aaron Rodgers' perspective is, of course, interesting, right? Matt LaFleur's perspective is probably the most interesting. Aaron Rodgers would be the second most interesting, and not asking him would be a little weird. And what people seem to demand from Aaron Rodgers is to do the same boring nonsense that some players do, not all, by the way, but it's the thing that Aaron Rodgers used to do when it was like, you know, whatever is best for the team, and just give this nonsense, boring that the stuff that everybody knows is a lie, and it you know it's just a matter of this is what a player says to the media when I don't want you to know any information. I'm just going to hide all the information, and somewhere behind there is is what I would actually like. And the fact of the matter is, Aaron Rodgers is you know is, as diplomatically as he can, he's just telling the truth now. He's just being honest, and I don't see why that's such a problem. There's obviously a line, but this is definitely not crossing the line. Saying if if the coach wants me to play, that's fine, but I don't need to. And then again, the coach coming out and saying, yep, that's pretty much true. I'll let you know if he plays. But I will be very interested to see if he plays, if that's just going to be another. I, I just feel like that's in his back pocket. Him and, and whoever else is, is coming out with these articles, just waiting to pounce on that. Here we go again. Aaron Rodgers says he did not want to play in the preseason. What did his coach do? Made him play. Mm, boy. And then if Rodgers does get hurt, oh boy. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. that if, if Aaron Rodgers does get hurt... That'll be the first time that I start to be concerned about this relationship. Because it will be Aaron Rodgers, you know, because that's when he gets a little t- testy, is when he's, when he's worried about player safety, the coach is, and, and somebody gets hurt. If he makes the declaration, I don't need this, the coach says, well, you're going to go out there anyways, and then he gets hurt. Uh, he might be a little frustrated at that point. But that would be the only situation that I can see. And hopefully the way that he handles that is, is understanding that all eyes are on the situation. Right, if he twists his ankle and he's questionable for week one, you know the the correct answer from Aaron Rodgers is this is football. People get hurt. I got hurt. I'm gonna do everything I can to be ready week one, and I'm gonna play, and that's it. And then hope you're allowed 
to play. But again, either either way, this is it's it's good information. Um, if if for nothing else, then you, you kind of read between the lines, and and he's what he's telling us is number one, he likes the scheme a lot. Number two, he's getting a lot out of practice. And like I said, now that the the practices are going behind closed doors, you're going to see things start to open up a little bit, right? There's there's no there's no spies from other teams that are going to be coming checking it out, and and so they can kind of open it up a little bit. It's going to be good, man. It's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Like I said, week one, there's going to be some kinks to work out. You're going to see problems getting to the line of scrimmage. Getting the ball off on time is going to be a problem. We had a problem with it last year, and now things are more complex. Calling multiple plays, we got motion to worry about. It's going to be a lot harder. But at the same time, Aaron Rodgers doesn't probably have quite as many reads or options to change plays and all that kind of stuff. So that'll be a problem. The the run game, I think, is going to be a problem. I don't think we're going to be as successful running the ball as we hope, right? You're going to draft Aaron Aaron Jones in the first round. He's going to be a stud. He's going to be a freak. Week one, he's going to have 50 yards and no touchdowns, and everyone's going to freak out. Oh, no, what happened? This is horrible. I hate my life. Relax. It's the Chicago Bears defense, and it's week one trying to learn how to run this new scheme, and the offensive line can't do it very well. They've never really been good run blockers, and now they're trying to run block in this new scheme, and it's even harder, and everything's harder. And by the way, the, the very beginning of the schedule is going to be a lot of strong defenses and just trying to learn things. So again, as I've said, the goal for early on is to just tread water. Just find a way to win. If, if it's ugly, it's ugly. The offensive line can't block to save their lives. Aaron Jones has 20 rushing yards. I mean, it's just it's the worst thing ever, and we win by one point, which is just a, a last-second field goal. Ugly. But guess what? We got the W. The Bears are 0-1. Beautiful. Don't worry about being pretty. That, that, that'll come later. There's going to be missed tackles. There's going to be blown assignments. There's going to be all kinds of garbage. Just find a way to beat that team. If you can cheat without getting caught, try that out. See how that works. I don't care. Just beat the Bears. I don't know how we got here. Um, second news item of the day. Apparently, Jamon Moore was cited for being at fault in that car wreck. He was driving too fast. It's a pretty minor thing. You know, bad weather and all that, but I'm just... With everything else going on, it, it adds up. Because that's a judgment thing. It's an immaturity thing, right? Grown-ups know that when it's wet outside and, and the speed limit is 55, you shouldn't be driving 70. I'm not saying that's what he was doing, but the police apparently know that he was speeding. It's, it's, it's immature. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a young guy thing. And as a guy, I, you know, when I was his age, I, I remember I had a 93 Chevy Astro van. I drove 105 miles an hour. And I didn't even think twice about it. It wasn't a matter of this is cool. It was just, that's just what I did. Right? When I was driving from Illinois to come up to see Grandma in Wisconsin, and I'm driving on 94, and there's no cars around, my, my philosophy for driving was, I need to catch up to the guy in front of me. And that's it. It wasn't a matter of what's the speed limit. It's, hey, there's a gap between me and those cars up there. I got to go get them. And then, you know, I'll get up to those guys, and I just slow down. I'm not weaving or doing any of that stuff. It was, that's, I don't know. I was dumb. But the point is, the Packers don't care. And adding, you know, I mean, this this is something that gets almost nobody removed from the team, and I'm, I really don't want to make a big deal out of this. But again, for, for a guy that is already about 95% off the team, this maybe bumps it from 95 to 98. Like there, there just is, there's just no way in my mind. And and the other part of this, too, is, is you know, I, I'm in agreement with everybody who's essentially saying that we, we should be giving them a chance and, you know, people have drops it's not the end of the world 
But again, the 53-man roster is the limiting factor here. I don't, I don't think the Packers would cut him just to cut him. If we could bring 90 in, he would obviously be there. If you could bring 70 in, maybe he'd still be there. But the quality of play of the other wide receivers around him and the fact that really there's only, you know, depending on who you think is a lock, there may just be one spot available for him and two or three other guys. And he has been one of the least impressive of just about anybody on this team. And I don't think it's a super easy decision because, as, you know, as far as being a good wide receiver, you know, as I've said, it, being a good wide receiver isn't speed, it's not height, it's not any of those things. Jamon has a lot of potential there, just just being a clean route runner and all that kind of stuff. But it's just, you know, I don't know. I feel like if, if you're the, the GM and, and you are kind of got him half on the board, half off the board, I'm going to look at this and be like, you know what, forget it. He was pretty much off the board anyways. He's, he's, he's off. It's just it's that 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 just made my decision for me. Because even though you're kind of asking the impossible, you you, you do demand a, a level of, of maturity. And we've seen, especially when we're starting to hand out tons of money, you know, it it's it's more a lot more dangerous for them than it was for me. I mean, not necessarily. I could have died just as easily. But you start giving these guys millions of dollars, they can buy really fast cars. I mean, they can do a lot of things with with money, and it's just like you know, you got to be very vigilant and and guard against that kind of stuff. Make sure you're very careful about who is representing your team and who can handle the money and the responsibility. And, and you know, and things like in the off season, what are you going to be doing? Are you going off, flying off somewhere to train, or are you flying off somewhere to soak sun up on the beach? Again, not trying to lay blame. If I had the money, I'd be on the beach. Because I'd, I'd probably tell myself, dude, I can train out there. I'll be running along the sand, doing all kinds of push-ups. I'd be like, hey, man, throw me a football, and then I'll run and catch it. It's going to be awesome on the beach. And then I won't do any of those things. But I'm not a football player, and they wouldn't hire me. And that's part of the reason why. Anyways, third and final thing before we uh, take a break and then get into the defensive 53 thing, um, the media was given access to uh, apparently 22 minutes of practice today just to give him kind of a glance of what's going on and get some stuff, and then it's kind of get out. we got important things to do. Some of the news. One of my favorite bits of news, Jay Sternberger's back. Now, I always make declarations, and it's usually about a tight end, and I'm almost always wrong about that. But here is going to be my prediction. Jay Sternberger will be tight end one before the season is over. This may happen because of an injury. I don't really know, and I understand tight ends sometimes take some time to develop, but listen, I, I, I just, I really like him. And I know he's got a ways to go, but we already started to see progress, right? He was doing nothing through basically the first week. Second week, he starts to, to pop up. And then, you know, it, it kind of, well, it, it culminated into him catching a pass and getting laid out. Hopefully, he's not gun shy in any way and, and he gets back on the horse. But, I mean, I, I just think he's an unbelievably impressive tight end. Now, the one thing to keep in mind is, as I said with Jimmy Graham, you have to be able to block as well as to catch. Sternberger, has, he takes that extremely seriously. I remember when he got picked up and people talked about that, and he's, he kind of got chippy about it. He's like, people underestimate my blocking, and I take that very seriously, and I work really hard at that. And that's a good thing. But he's, he's got to be able to, to do something because whoever it is that's going to be in there is going to be expected to block a lot and to actually be successful blocking. And then, you know, because again, they're, they're running the same plays in the same formation, but then they just kind of switch up a little bit here and there. Sometimes it's basically the same play, but one receiver kind of you know, changes up his route a little bit to make it look like he's going this way and he goes that way or whatever. Sometimes it's just a completely different play from the same formation. 
But the bottom line is they're going to be running run plays and pass plays. And if you're just a receiver and you're – in other words, the days of just being a receiving tight end and going out there for passing downs is not a thing anymore. If you're going to be on the field, you have to be able to run all of the plays out of that formation. That's why, you know, going forward, understand versatility is extremely important. If You know, we always knew Mike McCarthy liked three down backs. I didn't necessarily care for that. I thought we should – there's no reason we can't mix it up. But the days of, of just having a receiving back or just having this kind of back are basically officially done with Matt LaFleur because you have to stay in and run block. You have to be able to run routes. You have to be able to run the ball because we're going to be doing all these things from the exact same formations. And if, if the defense can tell what we're doing because of who we have on the field, the scheme just dies. So what, who, the, who the top tight end is going to be is going to be largely dependent on who's able to do you know, all the things that you're being asked to do, which in this case we're talking about running routes, catching passes, and blocking, pass blocking and run blocking. And, they, you know, they can trot out Jimmy Graham and they can trot out, Jay, trot out Jace because they're the best receivers, and obviously that's who they want out there because they're the best receivers. But the fact of the matter is if, if you're no good at this, the defense is going to exploit that. I mean, just think, if you have a run play that is designed with a blocking tight end and the tight end can't block, that run play is useless. So in other words, every time you're in that formation, the defense knows you're either passing or you're going to run a run play that's just garbage. But anyways, I you know, that, that's also why I've said Mercedes Lewis might be a, a good option because he's a guy that's primarily going to be seen as a blocker and he's very good at it. And also because of the, the scheme, it, it's, you know, you, being a, a capable receiver is important. But it's not necessarily that you got to line up in man coverage against a linebacker and be able to beat him. That's not exactly what he's going to be asked to do. But I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, but, but Jace is, he's, he's partially back, I guess. He's back from concussion protocol, but they're still got to keep an eye on him. Um, as far as I can tell, he's, he's doing well and should at least be on track for week one. And no, I don't expect him to be tight end one. I don't even expect him to be tight end two, but I do expect him to, to sort of climb the ladder a little bit. We'll see who even makes the team if there is a surprise cut of Jimmy Graham, which I don't expect at this point, um, or if his injury to his finger is somewhat prolonged, that'll give him an opportunity to be able to win the job. But uh, I think Jimmy Graham is tight end one. I think uh, Robert Tanyan is tight end two. I'm not sure where Mercedes factors into this. I've hardly heard his name all year. I don't know if he's going to even make the team. Um, If he does, I, I don't know where Jace is. But he was drafted with the expectation of him being the future. Make no mistake about that. The Packers are, are grooming him to be tight end one. And anytime you do that, same with, with uh, Elton Jenkins. If you're a Lane Taylor guy, that's cool. But understand, the intention is for Elton Jenkins to win a starting job. And unless Billy Turner is officially going to right tackle and Elton's just going to take that job, understand that the Packers want Elton Jenkins to win that job. They're not going to say it, but they're rooting for some people to win jobs because they invested a lot in certain people. They have a certain skill set. These are the people we want playing, and that's the end of it. Uh, Guys that were not practicing, Kevin King, again. Josh Jones, again. Um, Kadar Holman, Ibrahim Campbell is on pup. Oren Burks, obviously, is still out. It says shoulder, but I thought it was his chest. I don't know. Danny Vitale is still out. He's probably going to be out for some time. Uh, KB on Ento, hamstring, Greg Roberts is on pup, Jimmy Graham with his finger injury, and Reggie Gilbert with a knee injury. So that's about it. Let's take a break, and then we'll look at the uh, the defensive side of the ball and see what we can figure out for uh, the 53-man Rasta. This is for the Rasta. It's from a movie. 
Get out of my face. If you can name the movie, by the way, it's actually a song, but it was in a movie, and I just want to see if anyone can name it. I'll give you a hint. It's a 90s action movie, and it's not this is for the roster. He says something else, but whatever. I'll give you something fun to do. Go find it. Challenge of the day. Let's take a break. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Second hint for those that uh, are having trouble finding it, which you probably haven't started because I said it 30 seconds ago. Second and final hint, several people in this movie were also in training day. Two for sure were in training day. Maybe more. And go. All right, so we'll start in the middle of the uh, of the deal here. Defensive linemen. Packers decided to keep five last year. Mike Daniels, Kenny Clark, Muhammad Wilkerson, Dean Lowry, and Montrevious Adams. So we know Kenny Clark. We know Dean Lowry. We know Montrevious Adams. We know they're not going to cut Kingsley Kiki. And there's little to no doubt they're not getting rid of Tyler Lancaster. That would be five. And to be honest, nobody's really a lock beyond that. Uh, Deion Simon, Fatal Brown, uh, Olive, Sagapolu, and James Looney. Of that group, Looney was relatively impressive. Uh, Sagapolu, who they just brought in this year, um, has been not impressive. But he is a rookie, so maybe they want to give him a shot. But I know in the preseason, he was one of the worst performers of the group. So I think at best, he's a practice squad guy. So really, the, the, that's the five. Uh, Lowry, Kenny Clark, Montrevious, Tyler Lancaster, Kingsley Kiki, and there really isn't any competition. Now, again, this is not my official 53-man roster. I'm just being held to a criteria from last year, which is to say, give me five, and that's easy. There's really nobody that's going to even really compete. Maybe if you really like Fatal Brown, but, I mean, Tyler Lancaster has been one of the more impressive guys thus far. I mean, it's just, there's just, there's nothing really to argue here. Um, outside linebackers, the Packers kept four, Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, Reggie Gilbert, and Kyler Fackrell. So for that, we've got Preston Smith, we've got Zadarius Smith, we've got Rashawn Gary, and we've got Kyler Fackrell. Again, that's about as straightforward as it gets. If you want to keep someone else, it's probably going to be Reggie Gilbert. But again, I'm, I'm working with four, and that's all we've got. Um, otherwise, Marcus Jones and Randy Ramsey and then Greg Roberts, who was on PUP, so that wouldn't be in consideration for this right now anyways. So really, it's just a matter of would Randy Ramsey or Marcus Jones be able to beat out Reggie Gilbert would be the only competition, and I think the answer is a pretty solid no. So this is going quickly. This is easier than yesterday so far. Inside linebackers, it says we kept five, but I'm only counting four. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure we didn't keep five, but it, it was Blake Martinez, Oren Burks, Antonio Morrison, and James Crawford. So, I mean, if I've got to keep four here, I'm, I'm going to include Oren Burks, even though there's a good chance he's going to end up either on PUP or IR. But I, you know, I don't know that there's four without him. But definitely Blake, Oren. Well, you know what? Let's let's do it the other way. Let's let's put Oren Burks on either IR or PUP or whatever and keep four more because I think we can technically do it. Blake Martinez for sure. Uh, Curtis Bolton for sure. And then Ty Summers and James Crawford. I mean, it's not it's not that you have to do it that way. And I, I think we could maybe get by with just doing three, which would save us uh, some space to maybe keep another wide receiver or whatever it is that we're kind of on the on the um, on the fence about. 
And to be honest, I'm not sure who it would be. Do we keep James Crawford because he's somebody that we know and can trust to a degree, and maybe we put Ty on the practice squad and hope nobody touches him, and we just continue to, to try to develop? Otherwise, we keep four, and if Oren comes back, then maybe we can move Ty after the fact and hope nobody touches him at that point. I don't know. But uh, Brady Shelton is the odd man out here, whether we keep three or four. So essentially, the only real competition would be Ty Summers and, and James Crawford. Who of those two do you uh, keep? That is, uh, assuming Curtis Bolton has definitively solidified himself, which isn't necessarily 100%. You know, there's a lot of hype, but... Um, He's also a young guy, and, and how much how much confidence do the Packers have as far as putting him in as a every-down starter? He's getting a lot of reps now. Maybe it's because they want him to be game-ready by week one, or maybe it's just a competition thing, and they're trying to decide if they even want to keep him on the, the 53. Because, again, let's not forget, as, as impressive as he was, if you look at his PFF grade, he was very good in week one preseason. He wasn't that good in preseason week two, despite all the highlights, right? He had four tackles and four missed tackles. That's not a great it's a terrible ratio so despite the hype it's really a question of is he is he getting a lot of attention because he's going to be a starter or is he getting a lot of attention because we want to make sure if we're going to keep him that he's the guy we want to keep because if we don't we might be moving on from James Crawford we might be trying to push Ty Summers onto the practice squad which means we could potentially lose him as a seventh round pick these are very important decisions we have to make maybe that's has more to do with you know why he's getting all these reps don't know. But again, if it's up to me and I've got to pick four, it's going to be uh, Oren, Blake, probably Ty and Curtis if we're counting Oren. If we're not, then it becomes a lot easier with Blake, Ty, Crawford, and Bolton. And again, the, the biggest question is, do we keep Ty Summers and work with him or not? And, and the other thing to be concerned about is if Blake Martinez goes down, your, your linebacking core is Ty Summers and Curtis Bolton which is really scary because they're both unbelievably inexperienced. And that's where you look at it and say, man, I wish we had James Crawford on the team. You, you want to have somewhat of a, of a veteran. And I, I know calling him a veteran is, I mean, it's one year. But he's pretty much all we've got. Right? With Burks out and, and Blake out, it's, you know, I don't know. Just saying, that's that's a pretty high-risk proposition there. Corners, Packers kept five. Kevin King, Tremont Williams, Jair, Devon, and Josh Jackson. So if we're keeping five and not counting any injuries, it's going to be Jair, Kevin King. Um, man, this is tough. Because, okay, let me just read through the people that I want to keep. Jair, Kevin King, Tony Brown, Tremont, Kadar, Josh Jackson is six. So somebody's got to go. So the guys we know we're keeping, Jair, and again, well, maybe Kevin King goes pup, IR, whatever. But at, at some point, if we're doing five, somebody's got to go. Jair's not going anywhere. Kadar's not probably going anywhere although again practice squad could be an option but we're definitely not cutting him uh josh jackson very unlikely he goes anywhere kevin king probably not going anywhere because again they're when he's healthy they're putting him out there as as basically the number two guy um i don't i don't know how much of a lock tony brown is he's another guy that gets a ton of hype but you know josh jackson and kevin king have been out pretty much this whole time so that's cool and all but you know, Tremont obviously standing out like a sore thumb here. I mean, the, the decision is easy if Kevin King is not in the discussion because then it's Jair, Tony Brown, Tremont, Kadar, and Josh Jackson. If I've got to cut one of those to put Kevin King back on, I, I honestly don't know. I, I know Tremont seems like the easy thing to do, but again, we're in this. There's very little veteran presence on this team anymore, especially now that we got rid of Clay and we got rid of, of Perry. I mean, 
There's there's no even the guys that have been in the league for a while like the Smiths, they haven't been with this team. They haven't been with Petten. So there's some leadership stuff, but I mean Tremont's been around for a long time. He's been a Packer for a long time, and he's known Petten for a long time. I just I don't want to be flippant saying let's get rid of the guy. And 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 to be honest, I don't I. I know I'm a bigger Tremont fan than a lot of people, but I, I don't know that he isn't our second-best corner. I think he was last year by a lot because Kevin King was hurt and not good, and Josh Jackson wasn't very good. Tremont just had to get moved to safety, and that's unfortunate. So to take a guy that's potentially our second-best corner and say, let's get rid of him because we like Kevin King's upside, Tony Brown has shown flashes even though he's also been not great, Kadar's a rookie, we don't know anything, and Josh Jackson wasn't great last year. It's like, man, I just, I don't like this. I, I feel like with Jair and Tremont, we've got a floor. And we've got a decent group. That is, you know, maybe Tremont is continuing to decline, which maybe he's not very much anymore. And I'm, I'm sure the Packers want to move on and want to push some of these younger guys in. I just don't know if, if we're there quite yet. But I, you know, I don't know, man. I I don't want to get rid of Tremont Williams. I'm, I'm not cutting any of the six. There's no way I'm cutting any of them. I mean, of the other five is, is what I'm saying if I'm trying to keep Tremont on the team. But Josh Jackson, you know, even even Tony Brown, the only additional option would be practice squad. And I'm not entirely sure um, who all is eligible. But again, if, if we have to if if we have to include Kevin King because we're not playing the injury thing, then it's definitely Kevin King and Jair. Um, Josh Jackson would never survive practice squad if he's even eligible. So really, it's just a matter of Kadar and Tony Brown. I, I think one of them's got to get bumped. I know 95% of Packer fans are getting rid of Tremont in a second. I just, I can't do it, man. I really do think he's, he's not, it's not that he's irreplaceable. I mean, he might even just be Lane Taylor caliber, but that kind of just tells you what I think about our corners. There, there's potential, there's upside, there's hype, there's athleticism, there's what they did in college, there's all kinds of things going on. Not a lot of people have put anything on the football field in the regular season. Kevin King has done nothing. Josh Jackson has done nothing. Tony Brown was very iffy. Kadar Holman has never played in the pros. Tremont has done very well in the regular season, very consistently. I just, I just, I'm not ready to do it. So um, I guess officially, if I'm only keeping five, and I can tell you right now I'm keeping six unless Kevin King goes pub, I think Kadar has been very impressive. He has a potential as a sixth rounder even to, to kind of step up and be something. I think it's Tony Brown, although I don't I don't think he's eligible as I'm looking at this. No, he's not, so I can't do that. Oh, I mean, there's several easy ways out. I'm just trying not to take the easy way out, right? Okay, Kevin King, you're going up up. There we go, solved. And I, I can't cut Tony Brown, and I don't want to put Kadar in the practice squad because I, I'm, again, my level of concern is high for the guys that we have that maybe they're this just isn't going to work and, and we don't know what Kadar could be maybe Kadar comes in he's the guy right remember Josh Jackson wasn't never really even a good fit for the scheme necessarily Kevin King hasn't been doing much and okay fine Kevin King's a freak got it great okay then who's our number three I mean let, let's see what Kadar can do man I don't have super high hopes but let you know let's if, if we're going to swing for the fences let's just see you never know and I, I want to know. I want to see what he can do. For all I know, he could be our number two by the time this the season's out. I can't throw him on the practice squad. It's got to be Tremont. Dang it. <sighs> Maybe I can move him to safety. Let's let's move on to safety and see if I got a way out of this yet. Safeties. Ooh, the Packers kept five. <laughs> I think I'm getting out of this. Haha, <laughs> Clinton Dix, Kentrell Bryce, Josh Jones, Jermaine Whitehead, and Raven Green. Oh, this is beautiful. All right, so let's go through the five then. Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos, Raven Green, 
uh, Josh Jones. Uh, who else would even be my fifth if I'm not putting Tremont on there? Oh, Ibrahim, who's on Pup, but that would be my fifth guy. So he's currently on Pup, so I don't feel... I think he's still on Pup. I don't know. It says Pup here. But I, I wouldn't really have a problem moving on from Josh Jones. I, I suppose the the biggest problem here now, and this is where it gets complicated, because Amos, Savage, and Raven Green are definite locks. If I'm being forced to put Ibrahim Campbell on, then it's a question of if you want to keep Tremont, you got to... See, and that that's a problem too, though, because I'm, I'm doing this just to keep him on the team, but then to move him to, <laughs> move him to corner. If, if it's a matter of you got to keep him and play him at safety, then um, I, I don't know how valuable he really is. I didn't care for him at safety all that much. And he's not going to play anyways, so I probably would just keep Josh Jones. So, I don't know. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% convinced. I know the, the problem with him wanting to be traded doesn't sit great, and I don't have super high hopes. But, I, I mean, Josh Jones and Kevin King are, are the exact same player in my eyes. And it's funny to me that everybody sees Kevin King as a great corner and everyone sees Josh Jones as a boss. They were drafted a couple picks apart from each other. Neither of them has done anything. They've both been massive disappointments, not just because Kevin King's been hurt. He's been not a good corner the entire time he's been on the team, even when he's healthy. They both have a ton of, of upside and athleticism, but I've not been able to put it together. I'm willing to give Kevin King a chance and to give him time, and I think we should do the same for Josh Jones. However, my expectation level for both of them is kind of low. But, you know, you got a guy that was drafted just in 2017. He's got all the, the upside and everything. So if we're not going to cut him and if we don't actually plan on trading him, let's keep him because he brings that separate skill set, that different kind of skill set. Because we have Amos and Savage, we can use him exclusively as a linebacker, which, as I've said before, I think it's an absolute falsehood to say that he's been a bad safety but a good linebacker. I just don't think that's true. He has not been good against the run. He is not, I mean, he's a decent tackler, I guess, but he, he, he needs to work on that as well. Maybe that's his best position is to, to play the, the third safety in the box, but I, I, I think to say that he's been very good at that is just false. So I, I guess we will officially cut Tremont, and our five will be Savage, Amos, Green, Jones, and Campbell. And I'll be honest, I really like our safety group, which is a complete 180 from last year. And I, you know, I mean, it could go poorly. You know, Raven Green, I don't think is going to be a, a elite safety, but as a number three is capable. Josh Jones has potential. Ibrahim Campbell was pretty good in, in limited opportunities, but also was kind of terrible with the Texans. So we've got to kind of see what's going to happen with that. Amos is a rookie, or excuse me, Savage is a rookie, and Amos isn't with the Bears anymore. So there's a lot of... For each one of these guys, you can make a case that they're not going to be good. You just hope that some of them are. And then specialists, the only reason I'm doing this is because there's a current competition. But last year we kept three. It was Crosby, Scott, and Hunter, or, uh, Hunter Bradley, and I'm not changing that. No, I'm not cutting Mason Crosby. I've made my views very clear on that. He is a very good kicker. I understand he had a couple bad games, one of which he missed like six kicks. I get it. That was a rough game. Guess what? He rebounded. Yes, he missed a couple more, but again, you take away that one game where he missed everything, and he, he wasn't that bad. Every kicker misses kicks. I mean, the, the question is, what happens when a, when a guy has a bad game or a couple bad games and a kicker gets cut? The team devolves into absolute chaos, trying as desperately as they can to find a guy, and the, the further evidence that we made a mistake is the fact that, that Mason Crosby will be an available kicker for about eight seconds. And somebody, probably the Bears, are going to pick him up. And then we have a situation where the Bears have a good kicker and we're stuck with somebody that doesn't know how to kick. And all the fans are going to be freaking out how dumb the Packers were. All the while, you guys know full well that you wanted Mason Crosby cut. 
Stop it. I mean, we're going to have to move on at some point. Maybe this is the... I just, you know, Crosby's winning the competition. I don't see an eminent need to cut him. We're, we're not in a financial... It, you know, I don't know. I, 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 maybe we'll, we'll move on next year. I just... Just please no. Especially since who is ficking? Like, <laughs> where did this even come from? I mean, seriously, you talk about a guy that wasn't very... Sam Ficken in 2018 on field goals was one for three. He missed a field goal in the 40s. He made a field goal in the 30s, and he missed a field goal in the 20s. This was just last year for the Rams. One for three. And the two that he missed were in the 40s and the 20s. 2017, he was four of five. His one miss came in the 30s. He's five of eight. He's two of three in the 20-yard range. He's three of four in the 30-yard range, and he's 0 for 1 in the 40-yard range. We're going to cut Mason Crosby for that guy. I'm sorry, never. No offense, uh, frickin' fickin', but no, and never. Well, he made like four in a row. So did Crosby. Also, Crosby's body of work, a little bit better than Mr. Fickin's body of work. Get out of my face with this nonsense. Crosby isn't perfect. He's going to miss field goals. Sometimes those are consequential. Matter of fact, most field goals are pretty important, especially when you take into account teams, you know, they usually keep it kind of close. It could be a three-point game, a four-point game, whatever. If you miss a field goal and it's a two-point game, everyone's going to look at the kicker. They're not going to look at the fact that the offense was garbage for entire quarters and the defense couldn't stop the No, 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 no. If he just made the field goal, because then you do basic math and then it looks, you know, because it's a simplistic way of thinking because I can't directly correlate the inability to convert a first down into actual tangible points, but I can do that with a field goal. Come on, man. Anyways, I gots to get out of here. That's going to be my, my 53. Uh, the only, I mean, it was, it was very straightforward. I think the defense is going to be very easy because, um, the, I mean, it, it, there just seems to be a definitive line between um, the quality guys that you don't want to cut and then the, uh, the guys that it's just kind of like, oh, whatever, I don't care. But uh, Tremont, I think, at corner would be the one difficult thing. But, you know, maybe we just keep six and that problem solves itself. Either way, it'll be interesting to see what the Packers do. Um, There's also a good chance that some of those guys that I just kind of disregarded end up making the team, which makes it even more complicated, right? Some of these guys that um, maybe have have shown a little bit, proven a little bit, maybe they get a shot. Maybe maybe Fatal Brown, maybe Randy Ramsey, you know, maybe uh, Will Redmond. I, I don't know. Maybe rouse the house. Who who knows? Really doubt it, but who knows? Anyways, now I'm now I'm really going. Enjoy your uh, what is it Wednesday? I think it's Wednesday. I wanted it to be Thursday. Whatever day it is, enjoy it, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye.